Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief for recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. My name is Jack McLean. I am the host, and in today's episode, I interview Jess Spenlove the dietitian consultant of the GWS Giants Football Club. Across the last nine years, Jess has also worked with the Giants Netball, Giants AFLW, Western Sydney Wanderers, Sydney Kings, Cronulla Sharks, and New South Wales Waratahs, totaling more than 30 seasons in professional sport. Jess has a Master's of Nutrition Dietetics, a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition, and is the co-founder of nutrition consultancy business Health and Performance Collective which is all about working with motivated people to help them live and perform at their best. Let's get into today's episode. It was a while ago, so it's probably throwing back about 20 years. So, you know, I was the classic adolescent athlete doing all of the sport. Um, swimming was my, my sport of choice. I'm not sure if it I chose it or it chose me because if you meet me, I'm quite quite short so um was was good quite young and and was doing a lot of training like you know eight nine times a week and the classic swimmer a lot of training not enough eating just based on not knowing what I was doing and got totally run down and got recommended to go and see a sports dietitian which is probably where it all kicked off and you know I really enjoyed science and maths and all of that kind of thing at school and thought I want to be a physio or Maybe I want to be um, an exercise physiologist. And then um, after seeing her and my love of food and people, it was like, nah, dietetics is for me and and the sports side of things. I'm very much about food to um, fuel performance as opposed to, you know, fix a disease, which people do when they're great at. But for me, my love is how do I make good people great and how do I use food to fuel performance? And um, here we are soon. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> a few people tuning in and, and uh, Lids. Lids is, <laughs> is, he, is he in your top 10, Lids? Uh, the it's best rigs? Good, he, there are some <laughs> impressive rigs going around. Yeah, um, Lids takes very good care of the, the Ferrari. What's the saying? You don't put stickers on a, um, on a Ferrari. You don't put bumper stickers on a Ferrari. That's Lids' saying. So, um. <laughs> uh, very good. Yes, okay. So you had a good experience with your, your first encounter of a, a – was she a – dietitian or nutritionist what was her yeah she was a she was a sports dietitian and um she actually went on to be my my mentor actually so she was a lady that made me want to become a dietitian so she helped me you know fuel for my performance and I had a lot of immunity issues the classic like lots of colds and flus just from again like energy availability and not eating enough based on so much training and um so she fixed all of that made me feel great and also helped me decide what I wanted to do with my life and um, yeah, pretty much ended up being the person that accelerated my career. So yeah, very significant person in my life. So yeah, she was a sports dietitian. Uh, very good. What's her name? Uh, it was Helen O'Connor. So yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of people, I guess, in the sports community would know that name. She's, um, she is, uh, unfortunately, she's, she's now passed, but she's definitely left a legacy and kind of shaped the whole profession today. So, yeah, very much shaped my career and, and influenced me in so many ways. And for athletes that are listening that may be low in energy and 
and are wanting to uh, increase their energy, like you said, you know, start to fuel their their training. What what did what sort of changes did you make, and um, and how long did, did it take for the benefits to start to come to life? Yeah, you know, I, I often work with. Um, I obviously work with sport. That's kind of my my passion. But um, when I work with individual athletes, swimmers are definitely a bit of a soft spot. Just really understanding probably swimmers and rowers you know like training at 5 a.m in the morning like that work horses that is tough so you know trying to eat before you get in the pool at 5 15 that was hard but needed to get done and and then also looking at what we talk about um you know periodizing your intake and and one thing i talk to a lot of my athletes about is fueling for performance so when you train early it can be first thing in the morning it can also be the night before and then it can also be obviously what you're doing in the pool, like when you're training for more than, you know, 60 minutes, definitely 90 minutes to two hours. So like a lot of the team sport athletes, like they need to be taking fuel on when they're looking for that, that performance edge. And then it's kind of, I trained myself to eat. Like, again, that's a lot of thing, a lot of um, what I talk to my athletes about, you know, having that mindset that you go to training to improve your physical performance, whether that's skills to get sharper and improve or fitter or improve your 2k time trial or get stronger in the gym like that doesn't just happen so yeah I had to train myself to eat more and um and that's what I do today I tell people to eat more and train them how to do that (laughs) yeah and you mentioned periodizing your nutrition that's quite an interesting topic and I imagine some uh, developing footballers or any athletes may have not heard that term before or, or definitely wanting to know a little bit more about it um what does that what does that mean and, and how do you go about periodizing your, your nutrition to help your performance? You mentioned a couple of tips already, but if we dive in a bit deeper. Yeah, let's do that. So periodizing your nutrition just means matching your nutrition intake to your output. And there's a few different ways to do that. Um, yeah. But it also doesn't mean that you need to adjust everything. So the main thing you want to adjust when we're talking about periodizing is your carbohydrate intake. So in theory, the longer and harder you train, the more that you need. So to optimize that, you want to put more in. Again, I guess, you know, the theory versus the practical are, are two very different things. And it's like, yeah, that's great, Jess. I'm about to go and do a 3K session on the field and you want me to eat a giant breakfast. Like, I'm not great at breakfast. That kind of yeah. doesn't work. So you know, the, um, the, the art is in then how it's actually applied. But yeah, the, the concept is matching particularly carbohydrate intake to that output. Um, and I guess with that, in some instances, you know, I always get the question, oh, what about fasted training or what about this? And look, yeah, mm-hmm. there are some instances where you may want to fast, but you do really need to be specific on the type of training and the desired outcome. And, you know, if it's a young developing athlete looking to improve their performance, I am very rarely ever looking at a fasted training session. It's potentially only the elite, the older athlete that may be looking to shift weight that might be struggling um, because generally towards the end of careers, we might be wanting to, to drop a little bit of weight off just to deload some of the, you know, the tendons and the ligaments and, and get around the park a bit lighter. Um, but yeah, I guess like thinking about that developing athlete, periodized nutrition is, is definitely the way forward. And um you know, the way to think about it is you periodize your training. Not every day is mm. a high day. Not every day is a low day. So the, the nutrition to match that is, um, is critical and, and really is about enhancing that adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's a nice, simple approach and, and something that listeners can take away. So if it, you've got your main training session of the week, like most footballs at the moment be in season, um, what you're suggesting is eat a little bit more carbohydrates on, on that day. Is that right? And then 
obviously for leading up to game day as well, getting increasing your carbs pre and post. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I have, I talk a lot about formulas. I really like to try and like systematize and, and make what I, what those key principles are like applicable to everyone. And, and whether you're talking games or, or training, there are a lot of like similar philosophies and approaches. So I talk a lot about that pre-training meal, the pre-training snack and the pre-training or game primer. So that's that kind mm-hmm. of four hour window before. So look, on a main training day, we're really wanting to kind of sharpen that. And then if you're talking about a game, my general rule of thumb there is I talk about 24 hours before. And, you know, I think that's a really important concept for athletes to think about because they often don't play at the same time each week. So, you know, I think about the Giants some weeks, they're playing at 7.50, next minute they're playing at 12.50. And if they only start preparing at 7 o'clock the night before, that's two very different stories. So. 24 hours, we shift that and we start to up it before a game. But, um, yeah, for training, that kind of four-hour window before, we really want to kind of focus on that energy availability. Yeah, and, and you brought up uh, intermittent fasting and it does seem to be something, or certainly being a strength edition coach, I have noticed um, both with general pop as well as athletes where it is a bit of a, um, a common one. And uh, for, some re- for some, it might be for body composition like you alluded to, and then for some it's um, – not necessarily health, but just they feel better training in the mornings, particularly like the early mornings, like you said, on an empty stomach and then fueling after. Um, why, like if you've got no fuel, especially first thing in the morning, how, how can you feel? Is it just because they're on, you know, you're potentially having coffee and that's making you feel good? Or is it is there some benefits to being fasted and training in a fasted state if it's a short session? Yeah, look, if it's a short session, you know, 30-minute kind of aerobic session where you're not pushing like too much, you're not really seeking that performance kind of advantage. I guess I'm thinking, you know, pre-season when there's two or three key field sessions, an athlete going in faster, that is not going to optimize their performance because they're going to be depleting their stores and then relying on on not their optimal store. It's kind of like, okay, you've got your 91, you've got your 95 or your 98 petrol. And when we're Mm. rolling into a key session, we want that 98 in the tank ready to use. And if you're going in faster, like, yeah, you can get through, but are you, doing, are you performing optimally? And the answer is no, because A, there's not enough glucose circulating in our bloodstream, which we're using at that high intensity. We may then start to dip into our glycogen stores more rapidly. And again, like, yes, you can get through, but is it optimal? No. And, um, yeah. you know, I guess the types of people we work with, whether you know, we're thinking about those at the top or those trying to get to the top, they're, um, they're often going to training to, to be their best. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. And like you mentioned, it's not just about that one session, but if you're in a big training block, how do you recover for the next session, whether it be a weight session after a field session or um, an afternoon session for yeah. a morning session. So That's it. Like nutrition is so much more than the meal or the snack or the recovery shake that fixes the session. It is the bigger picture that it's like, it's what I talk about. And, you know, particularly in season, I talk about the sprint each week, which is the game, but in the context of the marathon. So Mm. the marathon is the season and time after time, you know, I've seen, I've worked with teams, like I've done a lot of teams and a lot of sports and a lot of seasons. And I've, I've seen, and unfortunately, um, some of it's been lessons learned, you know, you get to the end and sometimes you're falling off a cliff because the energy systems are, are depleted, the stress, the load on, on the year. And so I guess we're talking about not just that immediate refuel go again, we're talking about that energy conservation and that immunity piece and also that injury prevention. So 
you know, in answer to your question, I get a lot of people or athletes saying, I just want to feel light. I want to feel light, you yeah, know, yeah, running yeah. around. And I'm like, totally get that. But coming back to some of that stuff I mentioned at the start about training yourself to eat and tolerate yeah. a bit more. Like I'm not saying go and do a 10K session on bacon and eggs, but I'm saying yeah. maybe do a 10K session on a, a mini smoothie or have a yogurt pouch on the way. Like start to train your stomach to tolerate more. And it's always about progress over perfection when we're talking nutrition. So wherever you are, this is where we're going and how do we make those small incremental improvements. And, um, you know, it's really like you got to work with your athlete on what they want to work on, but you also want to educate them on where they're going to get their biggest bang for buck because, again, coming back to they want to be their best, they're highly driven individuals. So there's a bit of that kind of negotiation sometimes and, um Sometimes you have to be a bit creative. Sometimes the things I've suggested to players have definitely not been conventional. Like you're not reading that in the textbook. That's not gold standard, but it might be about creating the habit to get closer to gold standards. So yeah, progress over yeah, perfection. The art of it all. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love that. Progress over perfection. And also you mentioned um, uh, football. Yeah, it's a, it's a sprint during the week, but uh, the, the season is a marathon long. Um, I think that will resonate with a lot of ath- team-based athletes. Um, let's bring caffeine into that equation. So, you know, obviously you'll get a good result with caffeine acute phase, but how do you, how do you do it over a long season? And, and particularly if you're playing finals where um, you're still getting good results from, from supplementing caffeine. Yeah, look, caffeine is, um, is, a, is a supplement that I'm very pro um, when used in the right way. Like from a health benefits point of view, there's definitely, depending on how much we're talking about, um, you know, if we're talking a couple of coffees kind of a day, like that very much sits within recommendations. And, and like, yes, there are um, indoor thresholds and people metabolize it differently. But if we're talking an acute performance outcome, the mm. evidence is clear that caffeine has positive physical, central nervous system, psychological performance benefit. It, um, but you do need to be quite targeted with it and you don't necessarily need a whole heap. So the research tells us one to three milligrams per kilogram. So you think about an 80 kilo athlete, that's 240 milligrams. Um, so there's a couple of really kind of popular um, like controlled strips, like, you know, your Revy strips or some military gum. Um, yes, they can have a coffee. The thing with coffee, we don't know exactly how much is in a shot. So mm. one shot to another. Whereas if you're using something like a strip or a gum or a batch tested pre-workout, um, you know, from a reputable brand like a True Protein or a Body Science or something like that. Strategically, that you've practiced. My goodness, that's another thing. Like the, you never, never, ever want to be trying anything new on on game day. Um, yeah. And the amount of times that happens, so caffeine goes, you know, fits that definitely. So, you know, if you're over 18 and you're using it as a performance um, enhancer in that situation, in that acute 60 minutes before one to three milligrams per kilogram, in addition to your hydration, in addition to your carbohydrates, it can definitely help with, um, help with performance and something people might want to play around with. Yeah. So a good opportunity to play around with would be, um, you know, training session first and then maybe a practice match. And is that how you'd work with your uh, athletes that want yeah. to play around with caffeine? Yeah, definitely. What, anything like game day, um, game day routine. I, I talk, I, well, I used to talk a lot about like my role at the Giants used to nearly be full time. So I was there, you know, and what we would do in pre-season is essentially replicate that pre-game table every single main training session. So 
I would be out on the field at, you know, quarter time and three quarter time with everything that I would have on game day. And we'd have the table set up on the sideline. So again, appreciate that may not be the case in, in every environment, but yes, the long and the short of that is you want to practice training and then, um, you know, pre-season and then, um, then you're ready to go with your routine in season. Yeah. And you mentioned Helen O'Connor. Who else has been a, a strong influence or, or mentors for your career so far? Yeah, from a, a dietetic space, like it was definitely Helen. Like it was great to connect with her after uni or actually at uni in my research degree and then work with her. But um, I guess outside of that, and look, there's been plenty of other incredible dietitians, but, um, you know, David Joyce, who was my high performance manager at the Giants for many years. So he has definitely, you know, been a strong influence on me as a person and me as a professional. It was a bit of tough love at, um, at some times, like when he, he came on and I wasn't in a great place. I had a bit happening in, in my life and I came in late one day to a meeting and I remember he told me I looked disheveled and I needed to get my act together. And um, that, was pre- that was pretty brutal, but like it stayed with me and, you know, like punctuality, like turn up, do like it, it's really kind of stayed with me. And look, he's been, a, a you know, I still catch up with him now every few months and we talk a lot about lots of different kind of work and life things. And, you know, even outside of that, some of the general managers that I've had in particular at the Giants, like, you know, Gubby, who I was only there for like a year or so with, but he really taught me how to pitch a proposal and you know I remember I went to him with a few options and he was like Jess I like you so I'm going to give you this advice you never want to give a range because I'm always going the lowest you want to just one number and and showed me how to do a proposal and and even someone like Wayne Campbell who I also have a really good relationship with but you know people like that who respected in their field good in that business space they're kind of really my people and I guess that's where I've kind of taken my career like I love being a clinician. I love being in the trenches, but I'm really t- trying to take what I've learned and what I've created because I've done it across so many sports and, and transverse into some other categories as, and um, areas as well now. But yeah, they've been some pretty, Helen, Joycey and um, Wayne Campbell have been yeah, massive influences. Yeah. And we, we went through, I went through over your intro, the, um, the amount of sports that you've been involved with at the top level um, for, for developing uh, dietitians that are tuned in and, and nutritionists how did you go about getting those um those jobs and those roles and and what would, what would your recommendation be for those that are wanting to get their foot in the door somewhere yeah it's actually to be honest it was only in lockdown last year when all of those contracts got put on hold in 48 hours that I kind of sat down and I actually wrote who I've worked with and obviously I was aware but like how many seasons I'd been there and I started to total it and I was like oh my goodness a little bit crazy, like have somehow done yeah. 30 seasons in eight years. Um, I guess my first thing is, yeah, like relationships with someone who's doing what you're doing. So like Helen O'Connor gave me that first opportunity and, and I was doing mentoring with her for three years before that kind of came off. So, you know, I guess my advice, look, I get DMs and emails from people all the time, which are really nice and I appreciate. And look, sometimes I know I don't reply. I'm so sorry. I, I do have a bit happening, but persistency and consistency and also just like showing up and turning up and doing what's asked of you and and look if you're not in a position because you've got too much going on that's totally fine but maybe don't put your hand up because volunteering and having that mentor can either be the best thing for you if you Mm -hmm. do a good job but if you're not in the space to do a good job it can go the other way so it's great advice 
my first is, you know, someone in the industry connect, you know, people always want to pay it forward. Um, and then my second thing is just like when you do finally get that opportunity, just do the best that you can. Like it's not about counting a timesheet. Like I never did that. I always did overs and whether that's right or wrong, but obviously looking at, you know, the last eight years, it, it, it's paid dividends. Um, and, you know, obviously there comes a time and a place where you need to have those conversations, but I do believe you always need to give more before you get more. Um, and you know, then it just, it just snowballed, like the sharks was my first team and then the giants popped up and, um, you know, again, Helen recommended me for both of them. I had to interview, but she was that kind of recommendation in point. And then from there, you know, the network grows, you work with strength and conditioning coaches who move on, you work with physios who move on. And I guess, you know, at the core of that, it's being a good person, a good professional, good relationships and, um, and just being consistent. Um, the consistency thing is is massive and, and not just, you know, giving a lot and then not being able to give. You want to just do what you can and, and consistently show up. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's many great points in there. And, um, yeah, there's uh, particularly the consistency and, and, you know, persisting during the uh, – because it is quite a roller coaster working in elite sport is that there'll be ups and downs. Um, but if you're consistent and a good person, it'll, it'll hold you true. But I, I love that uh, point you made. It's not often mentioned the importance of uh, not wearing yourself thin and doing a, a poor job somewhere because all it could take is a phone call away. It's pretty close-knit industry. And if you, did, you didn't rock up to a few sessions or you let some people down, that, that could definitely cost you down the track. So you, you are better off to say no, aren't you, when you're, when you're full than, than just take on more, more, more. 100%. And, um, you know, like put my hand up, I've definitely burnt myself out Look at like looking at what I've done and, and um, you know, going into that meeting at the end of pre-season and and having my my manager who I respected telling me that I looked disheveled like that was a, <laughs> that was a bit of That's like a tough okay, one. you yeah. gotta like self-care like do what you need to do and and probably then look to you know divide out some of your work which is then what I went and did so like in a lot of those contracts I did kind of have this senior junior intern model particularly like mm-hmm. the heav- heavily serviced ones so Again, thinking about the giants, there was like myself, there was a needful dietitian and there were interns just to to make it all run. Um, but for the first year or two, there wasn't. So I was just doing everything and navigating and kind of creating this system and framework. But um, yeah, the penny dropped when, well, a few things, but when I kind of burnt myself out and, and then it was just like, okay, can't do everything, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll be right back after this short break to explain our most popular coaching program. I want to introduce you to Prepare Like a Pro Individualized. You'll train like a true professional with an intelligently designed program. We ensure everything is covered to optimally prepare yourself for game day. This premium package is for those that want a personal coach in their corner. The individualization starts with an in-depth questionnaire to really understand your goals and where you need support. Your coach will then tailor your program to suit around your school, work and sporting schedule. We will derive a Get Better plan, the GBP, which will be a step-by-step progression to help you achieve your dreams of elite performance. The GBP program takes a holistic approach. We focus on individualised running and gym work to help make you the strongest and fastest version of you, as well as a comprehensive lifestyle coaching around nutrition, sleep and stress management. We use objective measures such as GPS, your technique footage and gym loads to provide you with progress reports. You'll be learning from our presentations, 
taking food diaries, tracking your sleep, and learning how to nail your recovery. Our multifaceted approach aims to build you into the best athlete you can be, allowing you to change direction quicker, jump higher, run faster, and repeat high intensity efforts for longer. Overall, you become more focused on the field and resilient to injury. Ultimately, if you want to prepare like a pro, this is the package for you. Head to our Inquire Now page and we will contact you today. Do you think you have to get to that point, though, in your career where you do sort of reach the ceiling of your capacity? Oh, look, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to think that you don't, but I guess the best way people learn are from not necessarily the mistakes, but, you know, I know that I'm very much like I look at situations as I either progress forward or I learn something. And um, I know we like, depends on your personality type, people working in sport, pretty driven, pretty hardworking. So sometimes those um, external, internal, you know, voices or... or, um, flags just kind of giving you that warning sign that may be a little bit hard to recognize particularly when your job is so rewarding well, yeah. you love it mm-hmm. you love the people you want like it's just yeah the environment so I'd like to say no but knowing the types of people that kind of gravitate towards pro sport might be hard for some yeah yeah absolutely I agree <laughs> I agree so you've been um you know you've worked on your craft for as you mentioned, uh, over eight years now, and um, have what are some ways that you upskill yourself? What, what's your, some of your favourite ways to, to hone your craft and, and get better uh, year by year? Yeah, look, it's probably changed over the years, to be honest. Like initially it was on Twitter, reading all the papers, connecting with all the big dogs, like, you know, trying to learn from them. Um, also like podcasts you know obviously times have changed a bit but like I was really fortunate to go to some great clubs when I traveled overseas like went to Arsenal went to AS Roma just to see what that so there was all this kind of like structured learning but then there was also just a lot of um, experiencing different kind of environments you know again fortunately at the Giants um, you know that was just such a great environment to work in for such a long period of time like Joycey really set things up to have these amazing visitors come so there was a lot of informal learning just from these immersion immersion programs that he used to run and I don't know a lot of it was that practical learning but also just think sorry that like theoretical learning but kind of just thinking what is gold standard what is going to actually shape these athletes to be their best selves and Mm. being able to then consistently kind of push that forward um you know and look today like I still keep that that education and information up through like sports dietitians Australia and mail outs, but that, you know, that, that learning is kind of really starting to, to progress in that business area as well. So I'm really kind of quite interested in upskilling in a lot of that stuff at the moment. So yeah, but podcasts reflecting, you know, I always like to kind of sit down at the end of the year and go, what would I fix? What would I improve? And what would I sustain in all of my teams and areas and myself and my operatings? And I think that continues to, yeah, enable me to move forward as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, process to go through. Mm. So, so what was that? So, what what you're going to fix? What fix, you're going to main sustain? Improve, yeah, yeah, improve or and um, sustain. So, yeah, yeah another another Joycey one. He introduced that. So, I've taken a lot of a uh, lot of his his magic and um, applied it. We'll flip back to the for the young athlete that, that's tuned in. Um, I imagine you deal with these guys a lot, the ones that want to put on muscle really quickly and, uh, and bulk up. How do you, uh, you know, what's the best way to, to go about that for, for young developing athletes that need to put on critical mass? 
Yeah, look, there's, you know, obviously a few ways to, to go about it. Like education is, is key, um, not just telling them what to eat, but showing them how to eat. So I know that you've had Simone Austin on here and, you know, she spoke a lot about cooking classes. So there's a lot of that. Um, it's not just, mm-hmm. it's called procedural knowledge, which is the ability to apply what you've learned. Um, but then I also talked to them a lot about the best way to put on weight. And look, AFL preseason, it's pretty hard to put on a significant amount of weight because of the amount of Ks that they're clocking up um, and the amount of output. But I do talk to them about their body and, and how it's going to develop because, you know, men in particular, you know, they're, they're developing up until 21, 22 years of age. So, like, depending where they're at from a hormone profile will really depend on potentially how much weight they'll put on. And I like to talk to them about their house being, or their body being a house. So their muscles are the bricks and the cement is the connective tissues, the tendons and the ligaments. And, you know, just because the bricks, we can maybe put on a bit of weight and get them big and strong. But if these connective tissues don't have that ability to, to move with it, that can present a lot of problems short and long term mm. in that connective tissue space. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of educating, um, there's more intensive working with them, cooking classes. And there's that really, you know, multidisciplinary approach, you know, making sure that the coach you know, the high performance manager, the strength and conditioning coach, making sure the communication and the language is consistent, um, making sure everyone's on the same page of where these athletes are trying to go in the short, medium and long term, just so there's not conflicting information. But yeah, like draftees are a really interesting group. You'll kind of get the ones that roll in ready to go. You'll get the ones which, you know, have quite a lot of body fat they need to shift and you'll get the really like lean skin, like lean beans that need to bulk. So you're kind of having these three different conversations in, yeah. At the Giants, they all live together, like, or two or three of them. So, and often it's just the case that it's never the ones with the same goal. So you're telling one one thing, one the other, and um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's um, intensive education, but also like teaching them teaching them the skills. Some skills, um, yeah, yeah, and monitoring closely. Monitoring, um, we do weigh them a couple of times a week because, again, to the point like they could turn around and if they're eating a lot more because they're training a lot more they can put on a few kilos quite quickly and you know we definitely tend to see that from the shift from the pre to the in season just you know their appetites are through the roof and they don't shift with that that drop in load and it can be quite easy to to gain quite a few kilos quite quickly so it's a really kind of important monitoring phase and educating them on you know the nutrients that fill them up the protein and the color for the fiber and educating them on you know fats more nutrient like energy dense so we want to drop that so just that you know, those really kind of practical, yeah. practical application and yeah, but then showing them how to do it. Yeah. And, and how about supplements? Like I know that's one that can be quite, um, especially with the marketing that comes with supplements, they, they, they attract you to buy them and um, teenage boys and girls, I'm sure, you know, want to try and do everything they can to be their best. And, and they might hear that elite athletes are, are taking creatine or amino acids and protein powders. What would be your advice for for those that are under 18 years of age and, and with supplements? Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one. It's, you know, I definitely talk to them about the, the pyramid of a height, like a pyramid and level of hierarchy. So you imagine that base and foundation at the bottom, the stuff that's really going to cement them and help them be their best selves and also like influence their health and performance. And, and that's that education piece around energy input matching um, physical output. And then it's also just educating them on where they're going to get their bang for buck. Um, how the basics done right will be the thing that pays the dividends, educating them around the risks of supplements um, and talking to them and, and also understanding what, what they're wanting to use and why and then looping that back into 
why that food first approach um, is going to is going to be the way forward. And yeah, look, you know, my my general approach is, you know, there's position statements out there that I need to abide by being a, you know, an advanced sports dietitian, which you know specifies supplements under 18 years of age are not advised. Um, you know, in some instances, when we talk about training age, like if they're a really, you know, high performing adolescent and they're ticking all those other boxes, and there's an indication for it, but it really should be done under that guidance of an accredited or advanced sports dietitian. So, yeah, look, the long and the short of it, food first, avoid supplements. And, you know, the other thing I say is what tastes better? Like I'd much mm. rather have a smoothie or a milkshake than some like powdered drink with like who knows what in it with like no micronutrients where this is giving us this abundance of macro or micronutrients and it tastes better. So, <laughs> yeah, win, win. Yeah. Win win, and uh, yeah, sometimes it can be particularly if it's not batch tested, a waste of money, not good for your digestive system. Like, there can be some negative health uh impacts from it all, kind of as well. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, I don't like to go in with scare tactics, but there's so much like information out there around the amount of supplements that are contaminated, the amount of supplements that are cross contaminated, like, depending on where they come from. So, I, I do think. Thankfully, because the media has caught on to some unfortunate horror stories, like it is more out in the media and people are becoming more aware and, you know, organisations like Sports Dietitians Australia are doing a great job of educating. But, yeah, there's some horrific stories around like A, jeopardising their health, B, jeopardising their performance and, and C, their potential future careers. So, yeah, um, it's definitely not the, uh, the, short, the shortcut and the way forward like people think it is. Yeah. And then flipping into the business side that, um, that you're talking about, that you're passionate about at the moment, uh, your co-founder for, uh, is that Health and Performance Collective? Take yeah. us through what, your, um, what you guys are doing and, and when it all started. Yeah, so we're essentially a team of dietitians and our whole like philosophy is we work with motivated people that want to live and perform at their best. So, you know, obviously that's where the sports and the, and the professional athletes come into the picture and, you know, my business partner and co-founder Chloe McLeod, the way we, we didn't actually think about this at the start and we've only kind of come up with it recently, but she's kind of more the health and I'm kind of more the performance, even though we both do both. Like we're both sports dietitians and we're both clinical dietitians, but my career has really been in pro sport. And, you know, I was that adolescent athlete, which is why I'm here now doing this, which is why I'm also really passionate about adolescent athletes and she works more in the gut health and, and corporate well-being space, which I'm starting to do more in corporates as well. But, yeah, look, the long and the short of that is, you know, corporate, sports teams, um, individuals. We do some stuff with food brands as well, which, you know, correlate with what we stand for. And it's just a kind of getting that message out there um, yep. because the long and the short of it is I probably talk to everyone about five things. And yeah. it may chop and change a little bit, like, you know, athletes a bit more protein and a bit more carbs. But at the end of the day, it's more hydration, it's more colors, it's protein consistency, it's adjust your carbs what, on what you need, and it's get some healthy fat. And that message I just want to get out to, to the masses, which, you know, is why we've gone and started creating like our ebooks and courses and things like that. So what I talk to the best of the best athletes with, I can make mm. it accessible to everyone, no matter who they are, you know, income, accessibility, country, geography, whatever it is. That's why we've started kind of moving in that direction a little bit more as well. Yeah, that's great. And the, and the e-box, you can download them um, from your website and, um, 
and there's one for AFL men's and then one for specific for AFL women as well. So what would be the two sort of differences in, in advice in those two different ebooks? Yeah, look, to be honest, they're, they're quite similar um, because, again, the recommendations are quite similar, like how to prepare for training, how to prepare for a game. Um, there are some differences around some of the options in terms of preferences just based on what I've kind of witnessed working in the two. Um, yep. And there's also a little bit more information about, um, like, uh, hormones and obviously, like, what, you know, women need to consider in menstruation and that kind of thing as well. But they are very similar. Um, because the recommendations are, are very similar. But, yeah, those ebooks are compliments of the first lockdown um, because it was like this project I really wanted to do for a number of years but never had the bandwidth or time to do it. And yeah. COVID was like, right, time to do this. And, you know, now we're just rolling them out to, to everyone. They um, they took a lot of time and energy. So I'm pretty proud of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you should mm. be. It's no easy feat. And you mentioned periodization. Is that uh, involved in the in the ebooks? People will learn about periodization in football. Yeah, all all the big rocks are there. You know, you're periodizing. You know, managing injury. Um, your protein can see. You know, how to manage two a days or one a day sessions. Probably my favorite section is game day. Like we've got some really cool resources in there about like timelines and some of that stuff I was talking about. Like, what if it's one o'clock? What if it's a three o'clock? What if it's yeah. a ten a.m.? How do we prepare? So, yeah. Um, yeah, and we've got some pretty, hopefully we're going to be partnering with some pretty big organizations and, you know, maybe codes, um, and, uh, get them out to get them out to the masses. But yeah, if not get in first, you know, what, what's it called? Um, founding, founding, um, founding editions or <laughs> first oh, yeah, editions. Yeah. <laughs> get the first editions, uh, limited yeah. editions. Limited <laughs> editions. That's it. Uh, My brain's we'll, not working at eight forty at night. I'm a bit of a morning person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long day, eh? Hey? Yeah. Getting uh, writing those ebooks as well. <laughs> I imagine they take a lot of brain energy. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll start to wrap it up for for the AFL athletes that you've seen at the top level. What what are some things that you've noted and learned from them that um, you now um, try and educate developing footballers? Yeah, it's um you know I've really loved my time in AFL. Like it's been just a total total pleasure like I used to travel with the team and you know I've kind of grown up like with you know the the Adam Trelaws and the Jeremy Camerons and you know like the Stephen Cornelios and like Josh Kelly like started the year I got there and like just seeing them transition and when I think about all those names and and like what made them great like yeah some of them were super talented obviously but like they were consistent. Like these are the guys that show up and consistency is a big thing I talk to a lot of people about. And I guess in that space, it's being consistent in when things are inconsistent. So whether you're flying, whether you're in rehab, whether, you know, like off season, yeah, let your hair down, but there are still things that need to get done. And what I talk to a lot of my athletes about, I won't swear, but sometimes there's swearing involved, but I'm like, yeah, that's okay. we're not, <laughs> this isn't an, effing Weight Watchers program like we're not here just trying to like lose weight and shred and then do what we need to do to just get rock up at the start of the blocks like we're trying to maximize yeah. performance so when I think about the different codes or the different athletes that are always in that cycle of lose maintain yeah, yeah, yeah. blow out and go that comes at a cost and that is mm. either performance maximal gains or that is injuries and niggles and like there's always something there so Consistency, not just like weight and nutrition, but across the board, you know, recovery, like it, 
feeds into every aspect of being an elite operator. Curiosity is another one, you know, like they're curious and they want to learn and they're open to learning and look, challenge me. Like you've got your ideas and I'm here to present you mine and let's work together to, to get this formula. But being open and curious, um, and yeah, that ability to know when to show up and, and do what needs to get done. And also the, when they know, okay, can switch off now because the brain needs a break and I need to have a bit of fun as well. So yeah, I'd say yeah. there are kind of a few, few things I've seen across the board. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, no doubt that will inspire some <laughs> listeners. Uh, we'll start to wrap it up now. What are you excited about for, for 2021? What's on the horizon for you, Jess? Oh, it's chopping and changing depending on, you know, where we're at. I'm obviously Sydney-based, so um, right now I'm just excited to, to get past this uh, current flare-up. Um, obviously, when this goes live on the podcast, hopefully that's been and gone. But, look, I'm excited about the next phase of, of my career and my business. I'm excited to, to stay connected to sport. Um, I'm excited to, you know, give people opportunities that I was given 10 years ago to start um, and to teach them my craft and, and stay connected. But for me, I, I love creating and changing systems and influencing, you know, things. So for me, that's where my passion lies. So it's looking at maybe doing that in some other sports or teams or maybe other environments like corporate environments and yeah, look, I'm really excited to get these kind of assets that we've created, like our eBooks and our courses out and about and just um, our teams expanding as well. So just, yeah, love the creating. and yeah, yeah, so we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed the restrictions don't go on for too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll have an eBook, e-book on every, every single topic on nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure no doubt it. you guys will bounce out of it pretty soon but yeah thank you so much for for sharing your experiences your mentors uh, how you go about it as well you can you can tell that you're very deliberate in in your approach and, and your systems are strong and um, you have a, a good balance between science and the art of dealing with the with the person uh, that's in front of you so thank you so much for sharing and yeah really looking forward to uh, future collaboration love it yeah stay tuned everyone yeah awesome <laughs> thanks thanks guys. jess catch up thanks for Bye. listening guys Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is... Um, It'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah. Yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. 
Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah it certainly yeah has been massive for me now and, and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is, is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time... Um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just to be to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things, and um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football, or you know, might be whatever. As an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just yeah opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble um yeah. so that's that's been huge um i think i wish back then when i was younger i asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things mm. i think i was a bit single-minded back then and um you know i thought there was one way of doing things and um if i kind of didn't have that fear Fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.